Welcome to So Now What, a bi-weekly podcast of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. Asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from a new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what? Hey, podcast listeners. I'm Michelle Patnode, W3MVP. Thanks for joining us for the second episode of So Now What? a podcast for newly licensed hams and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. Joe, I guess we must have done something right because they let us have another episode. (laughs) Hi there, Michelle. Yeah, I guess we did. Oh, by the way, I'm Joe Karsha, NJ1Q. In our first episode, we explained what a ham radio operator is and what a ham radio operator can do. Now we're going to get into all that you'll need for your new ham radio starter pack. The essential equipment a new ham radio operator should have in their starter pack is, of course, a radio, power supply, or a battery, and an antenna. The question, however, is what types of each do you need for the different aspects of ham radio? And, you know, recently, since we got the podcast going, as you know, we've been getting a lot of these questions which is kind of cool because they're interested, and that's good. So we're glad that everybody wants to know. The first question is always, what radio should I buy? And my answer is always the same. Well, what do you want to do? What aspect of amateur radio are you most interested in? There's contesting, public service, space communication, and people also use ham radio for hobby use. So what types of radios, power supply, or batteries and antennas are needed for each category? And does the equipment vary if the event is outside versus inside? Well, yes and no. As part of the ARL lab, we don't provide brand-specific recommendations. In other words, I cannot say to you, oh, buy this radio or buy that radio, this manufacturer. But we can talk about the types of radios that are out there and what their specifications are. Again, going back to that age-old question, what do you want to do? Now, if you just want to make contacts using voice, nearly any radio will do that for you. Something old, something new, something borrowed. Can I say something blue? Well, they don't have any blue radios, but along those lines, you can get a new radio, you can get a used radio. It depends upon what you actually want to do. So, again, we cannot provide a specific list of radios that you should get, but we can say, yeah, this radio will do that function, or that radio will do that function. And if it's a 12-volt radio, which a lot of them are, a battery source or a power supply, and, of course, a microphone and a Morse code key, that, I would think, is the minimum amount you would need to get your, your very basic radio station started. So, Joe, in terms of equipment, would you need different equipment if you're indoors opposed to outdoors? Actually, no. The nice thing is that all these radios that are out there, again, new or used, they're essentially the radio that will get you on the air. So, obviously, if you're inside, you may not need to use a battery. Say it's a 12-volt device radio. As opposed to if you're going to operate outside, well, yeah, you'd probably want to run with a radio that is 12 volts and that you can bring a nice deep cycle battery out there with you so you can operate for an extended period of time. But uh, no, the radios are the radios and that's what makes it a lot easier when it comes to deciding what type of radio you want to use. 
actually, there is no difference. The radio is the radio. Now, obviously, if you're going to be operating indoors, you probably don't need to run with a deep cycle battery. You can just run with either a regular 12-volt power supply or if it's one of the higher-end radios, you actually just plug the thing right into the wall. Now, you can go outside with these radios, and if they're a 12-volt radio, you can just use a simple deep-cycle 12-volt battery, kind of like a marine battery or a regular car battery will work as well because it could develop the current. But essentially, the radio is the radio. It can be operated inside or outside. The only issue will be its power source. If somebody is looking to operate their radio for emergency communications or public service, what equipment would they need for that? Well, that could be a little different. It depends upon whether they're providing this communications either outside at an event or inside their home. Let's think of uh, Hurricane Maria, where a number of hams are actually located in their homes providing emergency communications. If they're going to be operating outside, well, they'll probably want to have a radio that they can run, say, off of a 12-volt battery, deep-cycle battery for the current, and have a very portable antenna, say, a vertical antenna that can be mounted on a tripod or even a dipole strung in the trees. You'd still obviously need a microphone or a Morse code key if you're going to use those, and uh, some way to log all this information, too, so you want to have some paper ahead of you. So it depends. If you're going to be operating outside, you would want to have a radio, a 12-volt radio, where you can just run it off a portable power supply, like a battery or a deep-cycle battery, or even a UPS. There are some UPSs that you can use. Or you could run with a power supply, assuming you have an AC source someplace. Now, if you're running at a public event, you probably have that available. So again, the power supply and the power for the radio may not be necessarily an issue. But you will still need your microphone, maybe a Morse code key. You will need a portable antenna. And that could be something as simple as a vertical on a tripod or even a wire antenna maybe strung in the trees or strung off some support. So you have to look at it as you're taking the station you would have inside and bringing it outside. It doesn't just have to be hardened or anything like that, but you will need the equipment. So essentially you're taking your station from the inside and bringing it outside and just making sure you have all the necessary pieces to operate that station outside. Now for emergency communications, you do want to have paper available so you can take down notes or traffic the bare essentials. Now, that can be considered the HF side of it. Well, what if you're providing just local communications? Well, that's where your HT, your handheld, comes into play. You may be part of a group that is relaying information at a race or a marathon where you don't need any long-distance communications. Rather, you just need to talk to the amateur radio operator at the next checkpoint. Now, if you're going to be bringing all this equipment outside, you want to make it a little easier to carry. So you don't necessarily want to be dragging out a large radio and a large power supply because you have to lug this stuff around. So if you're going to be doing emergency communications or public service, you want this to be relatively lightweight. And that can be done with a lot of the radios that they have out there today. They're small enough, they're portable enough, where you can throw them in a Pelican case or even in a large duffel bag and bring them to your point of operation. So there's always talk about contesting. Now, what would that entail? Could that be indoor, outdoor? Um, I know there's different types of contests. They occur at different times of the year and are at different times. And 
you can contribute from around the world, but what do you actually need to make that happen? Ah, uh, contesting. <laughs> we, a lot of us hams love to contest. I like to contest. There is a, a training with contesting, and some people don't realize that. They, they look at contesting as, oh, it's just contesting. You're just, you're just trying to make contacts. Well, you are training your brain to be able to pull signals out of the noise or in the mud or a, a host of signals coming in. So while amateur radio operators shouldn't just necessarily just do contesting, they should do all types of amateur radio, but contesting is a lot of fun. Now, there is indoor contesting and there's outdoor contesting. And I have to say, most of the regular contesting does take place indoors. So you want your radio, you want your mic and your key. But you may also find that having a computer is really, really helpful. Because you use that computer for the specific logging for the contest. And you can check on things. And by that, I mean if you're in a DX contest. In other words, you have to work many different foreign stations, stations outside your particular country, well, you can use what's known as a packet cluster to check on where particular stations may be located at any particular time. So your station is still your station in the house. Now, operating outside, that gets a little different because it's kind of along the lines of your portable operations for, say, emergency communications, but in this case, you're contesting. So you're just trying to make as many contacts as you can. And there are generally two events that take place every year, and they're called field day. Now, there's the winter field day, and then there's the ARL field day. So we have the field days. There's the winter field day, and then there's the ARL field day. Now, the winter field day, as you might have guessed, occurs <laughs> during the wintertime. Now, you, you don't all have to be outside for the winter field day. There is an inside or a home category. But the point of winter field day is to be outside in the winter with a portable station, and you're trying to work as many stations as you can who are also participating in winter field day. Now, if you're here in the Northeast, winter field day can be rather cold. But if you're down in, say, the southern climes, uh, winter field day can be a heck of a lot of fun because you're outside in the nice weather. So that's, there's, there's always a little bit of competition that takes place. Now, the ARL field day takes place the fourth weekend of June every year like clockwork. So whether you're inside or outside, you're having a lot of fun. You do have the indoor categories, uh, which would be considered D or commercial mains. But the point of the ARL field day is to get out into the field and set up an emergency station and that is for training for natural disasters. Now, the field day, the ARL field day, is not considered a contest. It is considered an operating event, even though a lot of hams and yours truly kind of sort of treat it like a contest because the point is to get on the air and try to make as many contacts as you can. But it is not a contest, but it's still, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a wonderful operating event. And uh, I always encourage hams, if nothing else, if, if they want to get on the air and play in something like this, to do field day because you're outside and you're playing ham radio. And typically people have cookouts through these events as long as it's during the June month and it's nice weather. And we've done that here, too, at WNAW. A bunch of us will get together with a bunch of food and it's just 
a lot of fun and you could really make a whole day out of it. Oh, yes. The the Air RL Field Day is a lot of fun. It's a big party. And if you go to a lot of field day sites, you have the tent or you have the, the person who's like the cookie. They're the ones that's making all the food and making sure everyone is fed. But there is the kind of serious side of it. You have uh, an individual who should be handling the public service aspect of it, the promotional aspect of it. With the field day, the, the summer field day, the ARL's field day, it is a weekend event. But the point of it is to, the ARL's field day is a summer event. The point of it is to get outside and operate. But also, if you're in a public area, to showcase amateur radio to all the non-hams out there. We encourage, as part of Aerial Field Day, for hams to have some display that talks about amateur radio. So if somebody just happens to walk by and says, oh, well, what are you doing there? And you say, well, we are ham radio operators, and we're operating in Field Day, and Field Day is this, and this is what ham radio is all about. And, oh, by the way, we happen to have information here. And, oh, by the way, we also have a council person here, and we got a declaration from the governor because amateur radio was that important. So, again, if you're, if you're not into contesting but you want to have a little bit of the thrill of it, in my view, field day is one way that you can kind of immerse yourself into it. Join the conversation on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash FD 2019. And now a word from our sponsor, LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Hey, podcast listeners. We're back to you with the New Ham Radio Starter Pack. I actually was able to participate in Field Day last year for the social media aspect of it, but also to actually make a contact on air. And it was really cool. It was very different. It was really interesting to make a contact and see how the logging was digitized opposed to um, just having to write down the contact. So it was a different experience, a different way to make a contact. Oh, yes, because for those of us who started out years back before the computer made its way in, we had to sit there and log on paper. Now, for those of you who have done field day, because we're talking about field day, you know that there's a lot of information you have to record. And we used to have these different types of dupe sheets, and you had to sit there and write the call, then write the exchange, and then you're on a different band or maybe you're a different operator. So you hear somebody, it's like, oh, did we just work them? So you have to check the paperwork. With the electronic logging, that is all done for you, and I love electronic logging. It just makes your life so much easier. Now, Michelle, you're at W1AW. We operate as an EOC because according to the rules, we're an EOC. And the nice thing is, because the logging was all done electronically, the station that you worked, everyone else can see. And so they would know, oh, I don't have to work this station anymore. So that electronic aspect of it makes life so much easier. Yeah, that's really convenient. Oh, yes. 
Because you just sit there and you just type it in. Oh, I worked this person, and this is their four alpha in Michigan, and yay, that the contact is all done. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool where everyone else can actually see it opposed to just you knowing it happened. So other radio amateurs out there could see who was making contacts with who. Exactly, yes. Because that information is, is readily out there once we, well, once we post it. It's like, yep, we work these stations. So in a nutshell, if you can play field day, always do it. It's just a lot of fun. And it might wet your whistle for the other contests that are out there. And maybe just getting on the air and talking with other folk. So we kind of talked about the type of equipment that you would need just to get started. Radio, antenna, microphone, maybe a power supply and or a battery. And as I mentioned earlier, we can't really tell you, buy this radio, because that would be bad. We do recommend that you do your research before you buy a radio. Because there's a lot of sites out there that you can look at. There's a lot of reviews out there. They'll kind of tell you what a particular radio does, what it doesn't do. Is it a little bit of a dog? Is it a really a nice medium or high-end radio? So we recommend you do the research before you shop. What would be the best resources? I have found that if I'm looking for new equipment or I'm interested in something, I will go to such resources as eham.com or qrz.com. There's a couple of other forums out there. And it's not that we're promoting them. It's just that these are the ones that I have found were helpful to me. You can go on Google Groups and there are hundreds of different Google groups, and I can say that literally, hundreds of different groups. I know how you say literally or figuratively, but literally hundreds of different groups about radios or modes or types of communications. So the information is clearly out there, and you just have to take the time to kind of weed through it. I find that one site works. Well, you may find that, well, I prefer the other site. But if the reporting is true, if the reviews are honest, you would see that both sites, the individuals on these sites, kind of come to the same conclusion on a piece of equipment or an antenna or a headset or a microphone or something like that. Now, you do have these electronic sites. You can go to these web pages. But, and of course we're going to promote this, we would also recommend that you check out the prod review videos that are mostly created here in the Aero Lab and our screen room. Now, if you are an Aero member, you can view them in digital QST, and that website is www.arl.org forward slash QST, and read the accompanying article on that particular radio. Now, thankfully, we have you, Michelle, who actually produces these in-house videos with our lab product review engineer, Bob Allison, WB1GCM. Bob does a very good job at producing these product reviews. You do a very good job producing these videos. And it shows you all the different things you can do with the radio. If there's a bunch of pluses, you get that. If there's a couple of minuses, you might mention that too. But we also will receive videos by reviewers. And one such is a Pascal, Victor Alpha 2, Papa Victor they will send us in their videos of reviews that they had done on radios. So again, I would suggest checking out our video supply as well. Well, thanks, Joe. And hopefully this episode was able to guide you, the listeners, towards choosing your ham radio path and building your new ham radio starter pack. 
So, Michelle, I think we need to thank all of our listeners. Yes. Who have sent us emails so far to So Now What? We hope we've been able to answer your questions. Now, some are forwarded to our Technical Information Service, or our TIS, because they may not necessarily fit in the realm of this podcast. So if you see a response coming from either Michelle or myself, that's why. Now, if we could, others will answer. That's cool. If not, they get sent to a TIS. So if you have any questions for the podcast, please feel free to email them to sonowwhat at arrl.org. Or go to our webpage, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat and submit your question under the So Now What listener form. Our next episode will discuss available operating modes to us new hams. We can't wait for you to listen next time on So Now What. We're done. We, we did, did it. it. We, we did, did it. it. We did, did it. it. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> so Now What is a production of the ARRL the National Association for Amateur Radio, and is sponsored by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at arrl.org or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat. This program is copyright of the ARRL and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to So Now What at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Serena Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the ARRL. Thanks for listening.